Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Ben Wilson. Oh, thanks, guys. Yes, you can probably probably hear I, I do have a very familiar accent to you. Um, I've lived in the States now, me and my family, for, for eight years. 2011, we went across to, to do BSSM. Um, and we did two years, I did two years there, and was lucky enough to get, to get asked to, to go on staff um, in the School of Ministry, uh, BSSM 1. I was a BSSM 1 pastor for five years, and then just this year jumped over to, to second year school, which is really, really fun. Um, so I call myself uh, a part American, full Australian. As you can see, though, my accent has remained strong. Can I, can I receive a hallelujah for that? Hallelujah. I haven't, lost, I haven't lost my Australianisms at all. Some of my, my team look at me quite confused sometimes as I like to shorten things and lengthen things and use nicknames and all the things that we love to do. Um, I don't know. This, I feel like this is the appropriate crowd just to talk about the 2017 premiership, the mighty Richmond Tigers. <laughs> Nobody else in my... My adopted nation understands me, but what a breakthrough moment that was for my life. A long-suffering Tigers fan. Last premiership was the month I was born, so it was, it was a long wait, but we did it. Praise God, we won't talk about last year. We're just going to move, move straight through that. Come on, mate. Go the Tigers. <laughs> We're not talking about this year either right now. Anyway, guys, it's so fun to be here. Chelsea, Hagen, what a wonderful woman of God you are, and... Uh, you guys are so blessed to, to be under their leadership, the Hagens, Daniel and Chelsea, and this is such a great community, and yeah, amen. This is an amazing church, and we came, we came last year and, uh, to the Worship and Wonders Night, and it was terrifyingly amazing. <laughs> it was people right from the front all the way to the back just jammed in here like sardines, and the glory of God was really, really here, and uh, it was fun to connect with, with Daniel a little bit that night, and then obviously got to connect a bunch, come across for Awakening Australia, and got to know him quite well. Um, good friends with Fitzgerald, as I call him, Benny Fitzgerald as well, so I um, feel like we're a part of the family already. We're happy to be here, aren't we, guys? We've got all kinds of different nations represented. I'm sure you guys will hear more from us if you're coming tonight. Get the crew up um, and minister in, in the glory tonight, so that's going to be fun together. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just, just for a second, let's just turn our attention to Jesus again, and, and let's just, he's already here, but let's just welcome him. Jesus, wow, we celebrate your wonderful name. We thank you that you are the present God, that you come in with your presence, and every time we turn our attention or our affection towards you, there you are with us. We thank you that we have more than two or three here and that you're gathered with us and you're, you're dwelling among us. We just celebrate you, Jesus. You're the king who is high and lifted up, exalted over every other name. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, you're the object of our affection. Yeah, we love to waste our time on you, <laughs> to magnify you, to love on you because you are the one who's worthy. And we just invite you, Jesus, just come, 
I don't want to just speak words, God. I, I ask that you would come, King Jesus. You would manifest yourself and you would do what only you can do. All God's people said, amen, amen. Well, um, really excited to be here. I just felt like there's so many things I could talk about with you guys. We're out in the streets with your team yesterday and you guys are radical. Oh my word, this is awesome. You guys are out preaching the gospel and almost taking our team out, which is normally the other way around for us. And so it's like, do I need to talk to you about you know, boldness, no. <laughs> Courage, no. Preaching the gospel, no. Signs and wonders, no. I feel like some of that's just been implanted in your DNA. So you guys are doing so much so well. I hope you guys know that. This is an amazing church. I felt like, what I felt like the Lord wanted to, to kind of talk about today was, um, I don't know about you, but I get kind of obsessed about heaven. You ever just stop and just think about the reality of heaven sometimes? Does it blow your brain up a little bit? Sometimes it explodes my brain. There's so many facets to it that, that fascinate me. But one of, one of the scriptures it talks about, and, and they're limited in some ways as to what our role will be in heaven and what it's actually practically going to look like, which I like. I like the mystery of it. But one of the scriptures that it, it mentions as, as what's going to be taking place in heaven is Jesus wiping away all of our tears and there being no pain in heaven. And it, and it got me thinking, taking me on this tangent of, of what is the priority of, of that place? What's the priority of heaven? Is it that our pain is taken away or is it the fact that we're before him? Is it the fact that all of a sudden I've seen him in his fullness and I'm aware of how worthy he is and and in so seeing him, all of a sudden, the fact that I even have tears that need to be wiped away are almost irrelevant because I've come into the personhood and I've seen the person for who he is. And it's just taken me on this journey to think about what is actually heaven. And it talks about in the scriptures, in John, it says, this is eternal life. You guys know that? This is eternal life that we may know him. That eternal life ultimately isn't that everything is taken care of and all of our pain is done away with and we don't have to fight for breakthrough anymore. We don't have to contend and all of a sudden we've stepped into everything's taken care of, everything's perfect, that's gonna be wonderful. But ultimately, what is eternal life? It is intimacy with him. It is knowing him. It is unbroken connection with him. And I know this is our focus. Our church is the same, our school is the same. Our worship time this morning has been all about this, and it's like, he's the God of the breakthrough. And we just talked about our finances. He's going to see our finances shift, and that's a huge priority of ours too. He's a, a miracle-working God, and I'll never compromise that. I'll never back away from the fact that he is the one that comes in, and in a moment, in an encounter, everything changes, everything transforms. He is that God that comes into our life and shifts and turns everything around. And we're never gonna settle, we're never gonna back away from that. We're always gonna contend for all that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross and says, this is yours through my death and through my resurrection and my glorification. We're never going to water that down in our pursuit of all that he paid for. But I think even inside of that space, sometimes as Christians, we can get so enamored with a savior that becomes like a toolbox that all he does is he fixes me, he fixes me, he fixes me, he fixes me. Fix this. Take it away. I'm in pain. 
Uh, something's broken with me. I don't have enough. And we come to him on this basis of fix me, fix me, fix me, fix this. Take it away. I need breakthrough in this area. Jesus, my family is broken. Come in. Do what only you can do and fix it. And that's wonderful and that's beautiful and that's aligning with all that Jesus paid for. But I think that was the beginning point of what it was that he wanted to give us. It's almost like the baseline of Christianity, if you will. Ultimately, even is salvation. That's the beginning point. It's the doorway in. The fact that he saves us and redeems us and cleans us and changes us is the greatest miracle. I'm not watering that down in any way. But I'm saying that's the doorway into the whole point of why you're saved, which is that you can know him. Not that he just fixes us and changes us and transforms us. It was always designed, hey guys, this might be really complicated for you. Maybe you're like simple like me. But did you know that a relationship with God ultimately is just that? That's the whole point. A relationship with God is supposed to be a relationship with God. That's, that's kind of the point. We, we don't just come into communion with this one who fixes us and changes us and transforms us, but we, we live absent from him. It becomes, this, it becomes this toolbox that we can pick up that says, God, I need you to fix this. Thank you. Or I come to him like a slot machine. And if I just keep pressing that Jesus, 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 Jesus button enough times, this thing will go away. And we step out of relationship and, and into this, almost back into a religion, which is Jesus comes and he, he removes everything that's wrong with me, everything that's going on around my life that I don't like. But I never step through baseline Christianity and step into intimacy, which is irrespective of what is happening in my life, no matter what circumstance I find myself in, the goal is never that it would be fixed. That's a fruit, a byproduct of all that connection with Jesus already gives you. It's the fruit that grows naturally on the vine. That's not the goal. The goal is that I can know this one that fixes me. I can have intimacy with this one who comes and transforms me. And then all of a sudden, I have a perspective of who he is that's different than just, please, God, fix me. Is this Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna lean in a little bit into this. I'm gonna open this with one hand because I'm very skillful. Look at that. Wow, you're so talented, Ben. I know. Thanks, Jesus. You know, every impossible promise throughout Scripture, you look at it, every Every impossibility that God gives, you can think of Abraham, Moses, you can walk all your way through to the disciples, Joshua is another one. He gives these crazy impossible goals and says, okay, I want you to do this, you're going to believe this. Hey, you're going to be fine because I'm going to be with you. <laughs> oh, thanks God. I, I step into these crazy impossibilities and the Lord says, Ben, I want you to believe for, for all of these impossibilities in your life and, and I'll be with you. Awesome. So what's the connection between the impossibility bowing its knee to Jesus and breakthrough in my life? It's the fact that I can know him. It's the fact that I'm with him and he is with me. Hey, you're going to be okay as I position you to walk into this radical impossibility that makes no sense. There's actually no way that you're actually in the natural going to see breakthrough. But don't worry because in communion with me, and in connection with me, 
And in abiding in me, the fact that I am with you and you are with me, everything's going to be okay. And we have to have this perspective that says, I can't see my way out. I don't even know if this is going to work, but I am with him and he is with me. And inside of that space, I get true peace that is not reliant on my circumstance changing. It is the fact that I can have connection with this God who, irrespective of what it is I'm walking through, shifts every impossibility that faces him. But I have to be willing in that space to surrender control because I don't know about you, put your hand up if you like me. I'm like, please fix it. I don't know. It's impossible, God. I can't do this. And he says, that's okay. This is called faith. That's the whole thing that you've been ushered into. By faith, you've been saved. Amen. And actually, without it, you can't please him. So he puts us in position, wow, over and over and over again into situations that are impossible. Why? Because he's so good, because he wants us to give him an offering that pleases him. He wants to set you up to see impossibilities, bow the knee to the name of Jesus, and be rewarded because you've pleased him with faith that only he can give you in the first place. He's set you up. But I'm telling you, it's not just the faith, it's not just the breakthrough, it's not just the situation bowing its knee to Jesus, it's the fact that you can know him. This is scandalous. What is the first priority of heaven the moment the cross takes place is the veil is torn from top to bottom in the temple. He's saying, this is my priority. You can have access into me and I can have access into you. This thing that was distant between us is now removed. You can have access. You can have relationship with this God. That's, that's the whole point. It's not that everything changes in your life. That's awesome. The whole point is that God of heaven and earth can be intimate with you and you can be intimate with him. Oh, this is making me happy. I'm preaching myself happy. Oh, if anyone else is listening, that's fine, but I, I'm listening to myself. It's good. You know, we love to sing these kind of songs, and, and I don't know if you guys ever got this one over, over here at Fire Church, but we used to sing it a lot at Bethel. It's always like springtime with you. You know that one? Matt Stint, he's a friend of mine, so I get to say this stuff about him. Um, it is, except when it isn't. It's not always springtime. It's always springtime on the inside. Okay, I have rivers of living water that bubble up unto life constantly. I'm in communion with God. On the inside of me, it's always like springtime. But I don't know about you, it's not always like springtime on the outside. And it's not always supposed to be. I was a farmer in a previous life. Before I came to Bethel, I was a farmer on my family farm for, for 10 years. And if it was always only springtime as a farmer, I lived perpetually this close to a harvest. I never quite step in to the harvest that's available because I'm sitting there in springtime thinking, oh, everything's so great with me. I wouldn't want to go into a hot season. Oh, I wouldn't any, want any dry circumstances around me because I just, I fall apart. As soon as things get hot, God, fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me. It's getting hot. Something must be wrong with me. And we go into this spiral as believers because we don't understand that, yes, it's always springtime in here, but it's not always springtime out there. In fact, if it was, we wouldn't see the 30 and the 60 and a hundredfold return. Everything is an invitation into intimacy with God. Everything. Everything is an invitation into intimacy with God. It's the priority. 
It's the highest value system for us as a believer. We can have him and he can have us. So if I have this lens on that says everything is an invitation into intimacy with God, then all of a sudden I see an opportunity in a dry place. I get excited when it's hot and it's hard because I know inside of me I'm fine because I'm connected with him, but I, I don't even necessarily need this situation to change around me because I'm connected into him. Did you know that as a farmer I can go out in the, right towards the end of the springtime just before the, the summer, just before the harvest, and I can go out and I can see this crop and it's fully, it looks fully developed to the untrained eye. But as a farmer, I know if I go and I grab that seed that looks fully ready and I, and I try and squeeze it, all of the ability to reproduce itself gets squashed out because the seed hasn't hardened. It hasn't experienced the heat of the summer that it needs to prepare itself to become the 30 and the 60 and the 100-fold return. It looks ready, right? It looks ready. And I'm telling you, if all you are is a springtime Christian, then you look ready. But I'm telling you, as soon as that summer comes, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. If you need everything to line up, if you need everything to be perfect on, 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 around you, in your family, in your finances, if you need everything to be perfect, but you think, Wow, as soon as I step out of springtime, something is broken with me. Then three quarters of your life, you are going to think that intimacy with God is not available. Intimacy with God is only available when it's springtime, when everything's working out. It's the only time that I can connect with him. Three quarters of your Christian life, you are going to be disconnected from God. You're going to miss out on the highest value. And that's not that your circumstances change. It's the fact that you can have him. And I'm telling you this out of love because I, I walk this out myself every day. This stuff is not easy. We walk through hard stuff. Everyone does, right? Put your hand up if you've ever walked through hard stuff. Is it always springtime out there in reality? Of course it isn't, guys. But we, we live in this, sometimes even in Christian circles, we, like, we put this pressure on ourselves that everything has to be perfect. And we even communicate that with each other. Yeah, everything's great when it's not. Because we've created this God almost out of our circumstances changing outside of I can have God in my hard season. I can meet him and know him when things aren't going that well. Did you know that when I'm a farmer and I wake up and it's, it's 40, thank God I can use 40 degrees Celsius. Praise the Lord. I don't have to use 115 Fahrenheit. It's fine. I can do it now. But it's 40 degrees Celsius and, and, it's, and it's reaping time. Did you know what happens to me? I wake up and I get so excited. Woohoo! This is perfect weather. This is perfect weather. Why? Because I'm aware that the hotter it is, the cleaner, the better, the easier the harvest will be. Because I have a context for the heat. All of a sudden, I have an excitement in my spirit. I am not overwhelmed by a hot day. I'm excited by it because I recognize what's taking place. Woo, this is perfect weather. I wake up giddy. I wake up excited because the very seed that's just gone through the springtime, this is the whole point of the springtime. It was leading to the harvest. But if it's 40 degrees, I'm excited. But if I wake up and it's harvest time and it's raining or it's cold or it's a perfect spring day, guess what happens to me? I'm disappointed because I know it's going to be much harder to reap 
the, the seed sample is not going to be clean. There's going to be much more chaff that gets into the sample. And in fact, if it rains, that seed this close to reaping harvest will reproduce itself in head. It will actually begin to grow because of the, the latter rain that takes place, which robs that whole season, that, that whole winter, fall, spring season, preparing that seed for the summer. That whole thing is bypassed because we get rain too early. We step out of hardship and into comfort too soon, and we bypass the whole point of what that seed was destined to do. And yet here we are, fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me, thinking that that's the goal. Fix it. Take away this hot season. Take away this summer. Ah, this is too much. And we don't understand that sometimes, I'm telling you, God doesn't orchestrate hard things, but he will use them. He will use them. Jesus is not against hard seasons. Did you guys know that he was tested in the wilderness by the devil? He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And where does the Holy Spirit take him, it says? The Holy Spirit led him into the desert to be tested by the devil. That doesn't sound like a springtime moment. No water, no food. That's definitely not. No coffee. Oh, my. That's definitely not a springtime moment as an Australian. That's definitely not a springtime moment. But here we have this showdown with the enemy in this hot, dry place. And how many of you know that as you're walking through hard places, you have this opportunity to overcome? You have this opportunity to grow, to get that hard exterior around you that becomes the ability to reproduce itself. You become effective in the kingdom when you know you can walk through a hard place, when you can see the devil come in close to you and you don't move. You don't shift. You don't look for a way out. You don't look to bypass it. You look him in the eye and you overcome. He gets tempted, right, two, three times. And the devil comes in closer and closer and closer. And as he comes in closer to us in our Christian walk, we have to get excited. We have to know that actually we must be on track. The heavens open and the Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What's the very next step? The devil goes, I cannot let that seed take root. I have to test that. I have to make sure that he doesn't actually believe that. And he comes and he tests that very thing. He comes in closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And we have this amazing scripture in Luke 4 in this showdown with the enemy where the devil comes in closer and closer and closer and he gets to look him in the eye and say, away from me, Satan. Ooh, I'm telling you, it's only in the hot, dry place that you have the opportunity to become full of power and full of authority. Authority isn't given to you. Authority isn't given to you. That's something that you grow in through overcoming. Ooh, I'm, I'm preaching. That's okay. He was led in by the Holy Spirit and led out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Where did the power of the Holy Spirit come? It came in the showdown and the victory that Jesus recognized. Oh, this is difficult. This is difficult right now, but I was designed to overcome the devil. As a son of the Most High God, this is where I live. This is where I come alive. You can come in as close as you want to me, and I'm not moved because I know who I am, and I know who you are, and you have no right to touch me or impact my life. I'm telling you, don't allow hard seasons. 
to be something that you push away, that you run away from, that you think something is broken in your relationship with the Lord. But understand, when the devil comes in close, you are right on track. You're exactly where you need to be. And you have to, as a Christian, we need to, as believers in this hour, walk in power and authority. We have to be okay when things go wrong. We have to be okay. We have to feel like this is what I was designed for, a moment like this to overcome the enemy. Come in as close as you want. Look in my eye, and I get to see you and say, away from me, Satan. Ooh. Mm. This is good. You know, it says in John 18, in the first couple of verses, I'm just going to read them very quickly. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. How many of you know that the Garden of Gethsemane and leading into the cross was not a springtime moment for Jesus? The Bible says here that he, he crossed over with his disciples the, the brook Kidron to go into the garden where we know he was tested by the devil. He, he sweat drops of blood throughout this incredible ordeal. But to cross over the brook Kidron, scholars will tell you that it floods in the winter and flows in autumn and spring. But the only time that you can cross over that brook is in the middle of summer. Jesus, in the middle of a dry, hot season, in the middle of a showdown with the devil, stepped through the Garden of Gethsemane to become the savior of the world. In the hardest season of his life, he stepped through into his destiny. He didn't go, oh, this is not my season. Oh, this is too hard. Father, fix this. This needs to go away. Right, he had that conversation with the father about, do I take this cup from me? But no, no way, Lord. This is what I was designed to do. He understood that even in a dry place, he was destined to overcome. And he becomes the firstborn among many. He becomes that, that invitation for us to follow him, to understand that this is our destiny too. Is that when things are hard, when things are difficult, we have all of these prophetic words spoken over our life. And sometimes, right, am I right? It feels like that, the fulfillment of those prophetic words are a million miles away. How could I possibly be the savior of the world? I'm like, I'm, I'm being overwhelmed by the enemy. I'm about to be separated from the Father. My disciples are about to betray me, right? He steps through this hard place and steps into the fulfillment of him being the son of the most high God. I'm telling you that if you find yourself walking through a hard place this morning, you find yourself in this situation where it's like, man, this isn't working out the way that I thought, thought it would. I've had these prophetic words spoken over my life and it feels like things have gone upside down, 180 degrees from that moment on. Then you have to know how to encourage yourself and strengthen yourself in the Lord and know you must be right on track. There's probably destiny just on the other side because the enemy is trying to run and question, put a massive question mark in your mind. Is what the Father said over you true? Do you actually believe the power of the seed that God has placed inside of you to reproduce the kingdom? 
I'm scared that maybe you do. So I'm going to orchestrate things that become difficult around your life to challenge it. So hopefully you'll walk away. You better get excited. You better know that this is your moment. You better know that you're not broken, right? You haven't fallen apart, guys. You're right on track. You were designed for this. You were designed to overcome. You were designed to have connection. Think about Jesus coming and having perfect communion with the Father in that place. Having a face-to-face moment with the Father in the garden, in the dry, hot season. Wow. That's what we're designed for. That's what you're designed for, guys. Intimacy, connection with the Godhead. Who's that? Who is that? That's like, man, you guys have been walking through a, a hard season and, and you're like, I'm in, a, I'm in a summer season and things are really hard for me. Things haven't been working out the, the way that I thought they would. Why don't you guys just, just stand to your feet for a moment? If my ministry team, and I don't know if the fire church ministry team, I'm not really sure. I think it's maybe down here on the, on the front right. You guys want to come and just be ready to minister to these guys? If the band comes out or how this how this works, but if you guys are available. Guys, if we could just, my team, if we could shuffle along, we're going to keep this space free over there so we can shuffle along this way. We want to keep this space free for the, there's a, an, uh, we're going to go after new covenants in a minute, so. So if that's you, why don't you guys just begin to make your way down to the front, and I'm just going to pray for you guys real quick. Mm. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. I thank you that you are always available, Jesus. I thank you that the veil has been torn. God, I'm asking even right now and these ones that have, have stood up, these ones that are, that are walking through it right now, God, that right now you'd release clarity. You'd begin to show them just how proud you are of them, that they haven't messed up, that they haven't walked away, that they're not broken. But God, I thank you that in this challenge, in this trial, in even this showdown, with the enemy, that they were made to overcome, that they were made to overcome. I just speak to your spirits right now. You were born for this. You were made for this. You and God are an unstoppable force. I remind you that you are a son, you are a daughter of the Most High God. And I ask, Lord, right now that there would be, wow, a fresh revelation of the intimacy that is available with you, even in the midst of it. God, release a grace of connection. Release it, God, an ability to connect with you. Shift their lenses from everything's wrong to put the glasses on that everything is an invitation into intimacy with you. My team, if you want to begin to just pray for these guys, 
while that's going on, I, I just wanted to ask really quick if, if, if you're not, you have no idea what I'm talking about and you're like, I, I, have, I don't have a relationship with this Jesus that you're talking about and I'm, I'm going through these, these hard things and I'm stuck in stuff that I can't get out of and, and I'm going through it and I have to know, is there a way out? I, I'm just here to tell you that I, I understand what that feels like. I, I used to look for hope in the bottom of a bottle and look for hope in all the wrong places and walking through just so much crap that even some of my choices put me in, but life put me in and I, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And, and until I did, I was stuck. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.